This conversation is brought to you in part by Calavo Growers, the family of fresh. Ho, 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 everybody. Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. We're stoked that you're here hanging out with us. We love the holidays here at TLC. I know you love the holidays. We've got some holiday guests in here. I'm loving these two people. They are so important to me. They've been around my life for a long time. They brighten it up every time that I'm here. I'm stoked to have Access Organics on here talking about the fun and games that they're up to. So everybody, put your hands together. Pull Just pull over the car real quick. Put it in neutral. Clap. I think clapping is appropriate for these two. Please give it up for the founder of Access Organics, Bonnie Pooks, and the chief ninja officer wearing that hat, coming out big with that hat, which we're going to talk about, Ryan San Jose. Much love to you both, and welcome. I'm so happy you're both here. Thank you, Tom. Great to be here. Yep. Well, you say that now, Ryan. Let's see what happens in about 20, 25 minutes. See how you feel. Oh, yeah. It could be a It's potentially be a complete shit show, to be honest with you. Uh, 100%. Probably not. I mean, probably uh, not. Probably not. It probably is. Probably not. Yeah, you're right. Probably is. Probably is. But I'm really thrilled that you guys are here because you guys, you know, Bonnie, you are just, you are, uh, you know, hey, you got Icon by your name. You got an asterisk by your name. This is Icon. Somebody has been around a long time. Ryan, you have too. You've done some big stuff. And I'm just thrilled to have the chance to talk with both of you. And I think it's going to be a fun yin and yang back and forth from a perspective standpoint. But like I do with all my guests before we get going, I don't read people's bios because it's incredibly campy and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense when I read it. If you wouldn't mind, Bonnie, I'm going to open it up with you. Just give everybody a quick hello, who you are, your journey, your bio a little bit, just whatever the hell you want to say, go for it. Ryan, get ready because you're going to do the same thing. And I expect you to use words with at least five letters in them. Yes. <laughs> well, Todd, thank you. It's great to see you still after all these years. Um, you know, I got into produce in the early 1980s by accident. I drove someone's car across the country from North Carolina. She needed her car dropped off in Santa Cruz, California at Happy Valley Orchards. Wow. When I got there, I said, I think it's time for a move. So I took the Greyhound bus back to North Carolina and packed up everything in my Samoyed and moved to Santa Cruz. Worked for that orchard. He had a small little uh, health food store downtown Santa Cruz. Needed somebody to run the produce department. And at that point, I was tired of secretarial, bartending, waitressing, all those things that I can, I'll take this on. And I love it. That, yeah, from that point, it it became my career, and yeah. um, got involved with Santa Cruz Trucking, which was the first organic distributor in that area, bringing in product from local growers and veritable vegetable, and even as far as Florida. So we started working with uh, these small growers, and it I just found my calling. In, in, in working with food supply, because up to that point, I thought to myself, what's my next career going to be? Because I was tired of all that, the rest of it. Um, I said, well, either needs to be involved with food, water, or booze, because those are the three things, you know, humans can't do without pretty much. Yeah. The most part. So <laughs> food it was, and worked my way up into uh a dis- bigger distribution, and a couple of years later, got the call from Greg McAllister to come to work for Ocean Organics. And wasn't too long after that I got to meet you, Mr. Linsky. Yeah, I was down in the LA portion of that story. Mm-hmm. Yep, and yep. you moved up to that region, and you know it's always been working with farmers in my business. Um, the side that I've, I've worked with is to make farmers successful pull them together, all organizational bits to bring them to the marketplace. And yeah. what I've been doing since that point. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you've been around, I mean, between the board deal and what you've done, what you're doing with access, which we're going to get into in more detail, especially some of the cool things you guys are doing. I think it's really great. Now you got, you know, the chief ninja officer down below us here with the cowboy hat on coming in strong to the reservation. Mm-hmm. That's going to be exciting to talk about what he's going to get up to. I guarantee you that's a hurricane in the making. But right before we get going, you know, and, I, and it's just, it's so great because I know Bonnie, you and I, you know, 
connect on a, on a totally different level because we go we go way back in, in the terms of uh, of things. But Ryan, before we get in there, to share everybody a little bit about your journey in bio and where you are today and how I roped you into hanging out with me. Well, it's all your fault, Todd, really. <laughs> most, you know what? most things are. Just ask anybody. Most things <laughs> yes, are. Yes, I, I know. I know. And then and from day one, uh, we <laughs> it's always been your fault. We're going to leave it there. But um, yeah, you know, I've had a, a real funny little journey. Um, so I, I was with uh, early in my 20s, I was with uh, um, with the Long Beach Police Department. And, um, you know, they, I went to school uh, up in Idaho. And after school, I lived up in Montana, actually, right five minutes from uh, the, the uh, where Access headquarters is i lived uh, uh right there in kalispell on a, on, a, on a cattle ranch uh doing ranch and stuff and so on and so forth and so when i came back home i you know i became a cop and i hated it i mean i like driving fast i like the lights the sirens were cool you know some shiny things it was cool but um yeah. it, it, it to the point where um, it's like oh, i'm gonna go back to school well um, I went back to school and I needed a job during that time period. And uh, Joe Hernandez uh, from Melissa's World Variety Produce, uh, family friend, gave me a job. My job was checking in semi trucks, sitting in a golf cart at Melissa's. That was my job, my, per, my closest thing to produce. And then after six months, I did all my uh, credits and I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to be a teacher. I'm, well, actually, I was going to be a football coach but i had to teach to do that (laughs) but um all of a sudden pink slips were being handed out there was a a school or um uh it was a teachers they were cutting teachers out uh, a whole hiring freeze so i was like well i'm not gonna sit on this golf cart uh for more than six months um so anyhow kind of anticlimactic after you had the sirens (laughs) oh trust me (laughs) so um, a good friend we both know, uh, uh, Chris Devin, who was working at uh, uh, Melissa's, Melissa's at the time. He goes, "Yeah, he says, uh, hey, you, uh, you want to be the organic pack line manager?'" And I said, "Okay." He goes, "You know what organic is?" I go, "I don't know, man, but I can figure it out." And so anyway, he puts me in a pack line. After a couple months, I all of a sudden I'm the organic um, tomato buyer. That's what the command, you know, commodity they gave me. Figure this one out there, buddy. You already did this. Yeah. Figure this out. So anyway, after a few years there, I kind of uh, rose up the ranks and uh, you know, ran the organic uh, uh, program there. Um, after uh, uh, the guy in front of me w- uh, left, and uh, for about three years, we had a lot of fun. Uh, learned a lot. Um, that place, I'll tell you right now, um, I learned so much. Uh, Melissa's World Variety has. So much stuff in one box. I mean, you talk about uh, uh, the variety of things. I mean, lychee to rambutan to Alaskan mangoes, you name it. These guys had it under, you know, under this one roof. So uh, I I managed all the tropicals and then did all the uh, uh, organics uh, and then uh, managed the organic uh, category itself, uh, just just the uh, fruit. So after three and a half years, I moved on, um, had opportunity to be a partner over at uh, Rainbow Valley Orchards. Um, and for almost 17 years, 17 and a half years, uh, I was over there, um, uh, 2004 until present. So, uh, and I had a great run there, you know, uh, did a lot yeah. of different things, grew the business, did everything I, I said I was going to do. I did it. And uh, here I am today with uh, Bonnie uh, on a new adventure. Uh and uh, going going back to the roots, which is the family farm, and uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love. Well, you know, it's so it's it's so great to have conversations around the family farm, and it's so great to have people that have perspective of what that means and why it's important, and to grab a hold of that heritage that you know was a big part of you know our upbringing. And Bonnie, I'm going to lean into this kind of thought with you a little bit, you know. Back in the 80s, you know, I mean, we've been on kind of the same path. We've been doing this for a while now together, a couple of few minutes, few minutes we've been playing in this sector for a while. But, you know, our paths are really similar in nature. I mean, being a part of the farm, on the farm, with the farmers is 
an unbelievable experience, especially if you can get to that intimate relationship with them. If you get to the point of really truly being a part of their family and a part of that family dynamic, it's incredibly powerful. So my first question to throw at you, Bonnie, is, is thinking back, think, you know, as you kind of touched on in your introduction a bit, how, you know, where you started, how that family farm, how that felt to you back, you know, starting in the eighties. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's a, it's, it's a legacy of business and things that you've done. So when you think about that to today and looking forward, what surprises you about the industry today? Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is Jesse from Superior Fresh. Check us out at www.superiorfresh.com to learn more about how we raise our Atlantic salmon without the use of hormones, antibiotics, or pesticides. Our Heart Check certified salmon boasts two times the omega-3s of other salmon and are fed an organic and non-GMO diet. Our fish thrive in water naturally filtered by our USDA certified organic greens, which allows us to recycle 99.9% of our water. This is salmon as it should be. Order Superior Fresh Salmon direct to your home by shopping with us online. And listeners of this episode can use the discount code TLC15 to receive 15% off your order. We make it easy to get the best salmon in your homes and on your plates. We've got you covered. Superior salmon equals superior taste. Shop now and use code TLC15 for 15% off through the end of the month. What surprises me is that the prices that, you know, average prices that I saw in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, now we're in 2022, average prices are not that much different. There might be spikes in the market, but if you look at what the average sale price of something is, it's it's in the teens. And yeah. that's been, you know, outside of maybe citrus or tr- the the row crop deal and even melons are this this low to mid teens, but all the costs have just gone skyrocketing year after year after year in labor and things like that. So that's probably something that surprises and concerns me more than anything. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a great, that's a great perspective. And one that I don't think a lot of people probably recognize and think about, but you're absolutely right. You know, costs go up, infrastructure costs, people, all of it goes and, you know, you're still paying $12 for that same box of lettuce and that's tough. Yeah, right. I mean, it goes back. To, yeah, it goes back to something I talk about all the time is, you know, understanding what the positive cost of food is. And, you know, cheap has a hidden cost, whether it's healthcare, or whatever it might be. But those are really, yeah, that's really valuable and well said. So when you think about that, though, I mean, you know, obviously that's that surprise you, shocks you. There's no two ways about it. It's quite frankly, it's a great perspective. Kind of shocks me a little bit to actually reflect upon. What do you, you know, think about the future, though? I mean, what makes you optimistic about this industry? You know, when you think about, you know, because and I asked that question because I think about in the 80s when we used to get hung up on all the time because nobody gave a shit about organic grows. It's like click, mm-hmm. wait on hold for 15 minutes, click, you know, mm-hmm. countless times. And I've said all the time, it's probably the most hung up guy in the organic produce business. You know, my tenure is like I got hung up more than I got answered most days. So when you think about that and you think about the future, I mean, what are you optimistic about? What excites you? What, what fires you up a little bit? The family farm, um, knowing that we are seeing the next generations actually become involved back into the farm, even though they've gone off and maybe tried other avenues, other businesses, you know, college, education, you're supposed to be able to graduate away from the farm, or to me, that's the most important thing. Food security is one of the most important things in any country, and having the next generations, particularly what you said, when you become part of that family farm, like with Manus Farms, I'm in my 12th and a half year with them. So it's like growing up with them and now seeing their kids being involved in it all the way down the line, I think is is wickedly important to, to maintain that. Well, it is. And I also think it's important to talk about. I think it's important to lead with. I think it's important to, you know, those are things consumers need to recognize are an important part of our farming system in this country. And it's it's becoming a lost part of our farming system in a lot of ways. You know, you have declining, you know, you don't have a lot of people jumping into farming. There's more leaving than getting in in a lot of ways. And I think that, that those stories need to be elevated. So I, I love that perspective. 
Ryan, I'm going to throw the same kind of question over to you. Um, you know, what, what surprises and shocks you a little bit today, you know, that's out there from your perspective, you know, when you started in the golf cart, you know, sitting on your ass, which is all I heard you say when you talked about the golf cart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty much, <laughs> you know, coming at you know, coming at it from a different perspective, um, you know, Bonnie, like Bonnie said earlier, she was like, you know, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do that anymore. I'm going to take this challenge on. And, you know, I think in farming, you know, it's, it's every day is a challenge. Um, you know, when I worked on the cattle ranch, uh, there was so many different um, challenges, just, just trying to keep that all in together. That's, you know, farming at a different, in a different uh, manner. But when you look at our farming today, um, globally, you look at pricing, we're going to go back to what Bonnie said on pricing. Our, it's so much more expensive today, um, especially mm -hmm. after the COVID situation and um, well, the administration we're in now and all the different things that's going on. Farming is a lot more expensive, yet we're in the same pricing structure we were, you know, 10 years ago. I mean, gosh, oh. even, even, you know, almost 20 years ago, I remember buying buying oranges, uh, you know, per carton at $26 um, on Valencia's. To this day, you're still buying, you know, $26, $28 Valencia's. That's just, that's kind of where it is. There's there's this ceiling that retailers have, um, and rightfully so, okay? We, we have to try, yes, we have to try to put money back in the ground. We have to put money back into food. We have to put money back into people. We have to do those things. And if we don't, the large corporations are going to take over. Um, all the hedge funds, all the other different things that are driving farming in California and other, other states, that's all going to put a big black eye on the industry because it's, it, it brings it all into one bowl. But now with us, we both are pushing two family farms that literally these guys literally they count on every box okay mm -hmm. they count on every box in order to farm again next year thank god for both of the, our farms the benzer family farm and the manis family farm these are generational farms okay and those guys know what it takes to take it to the next level so what's shocking to me is that we haven't we haven't moved forward uh, when it comes to pricing, we haven't understood, uh, especially with all the things that are going on right now, we still don't understand the ramifications of not putting money back in the, into the, uh, into the ground right. I had a conversation today. I had a conversation, you know, it was about pricing and it was, it was like, Hey, I got your price list, but what's my price. And I get that. I understand that. Um, but like I told him, I said, the family just needs you to be a part of the business. And we trust in you to give us the best return possible in order for us to keep going next year. So I think that resonates with every part of the business because we're in hard times right now. We talk about, there's all kinds of things we aren't talking about. Water, the fact that California is a desert. Water is not going to change here. Okay, it's not going to change. We're in a desert. So, you know, you look at all these different things and what's shocking, what is surprising today, man, I, nothing's surprising to me. You know, for 20 years now, it's like Groundhog Day, man. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just uh, realizing the problem, working the problem, and then having a resolution at the end. That's basically yeah. what this is about. Well, you, you bring up a really good point, Ryan. I come alongside what you said. And there's there's just only so much infrastructure that you can, you know, make better, right, to, to keep reducing costs. And that becomes a real big challenge. You know, two ways about that. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit. You know, let's let's get into what is access. Bonnie Mathos, do you tell me a little bit what is access organics? Give me a little 411 and what you guys are all about. Well, first off, this was my 25th year in being independent Boom. business owner. Boom. With Access Organics. So pretty proud of that. 
No uh, shit. Congratulations. Thank you. Gone through some highs and lows, but it's always, again, been about the farmer and yeah. bringing them up to better than conventional standards. I remember that at Santa Cruz Trucking, seeing some of the guys bringing in organic product. Going, this is how I'm going to pack. And I'm like, uh, no, you're not. If you want to get a good return, it's got to be this way. It's got to be better right. than conventional. You know, going back to what you said, you know, nobody wanted to pick up the phone and tell ALAR. You know, we, mm -hmm. everybody wanted organic then, and the industry wasn't prepared for it in terms of production. But my well, Murray was. Murray, Murray was at West Valley. He had everything he wanted when he wanted it. <laughs> Maybe, you know, the Apple guys, what did it go from $30 a box to $200 a box? It was a box, yeah. Yeah, but um, so that's always been my motto is, hey, let's let's be better than conventional. Let's show that organic is something that can be built on for the future and get into those chain stores and prove to them that we can do it. So that's uh, continued from uh, growers. I don't rep many growers in Montana. I have, but California, Washington, Oregon, Colorado, Texas, Florida, a brokered product from all over the country. Um, so our, our terminology is pack a licensed grower sales agent. Right. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. we do broker some things, but we're uh, pack a licensed to handle interstate transport for farmers, whether they're conventional or organic. I've cho chosen right. the organic path. How much, you know, thinking about your upbringing and, and what you did and, you know, reflecting back on that Greyhound bus ride going, hey, I'm out of here on the way back, right? I mean, talk about something, how your values come into it. Because, you know, I think one of the things that, that people that are in our space for a long period of time, you know, morals and values play very much into the food narrative. They certainly do for me. It's certainly something I take away from. I certainly go back and reflect upon, you know, the mission back in the day that we had, which was, you know, very simply put, you know, that... Uh, you know, uh, is, is providing, you know, good food, you know, good food for more people, right. Type of an attitude, like, you know, keep this thing going. So talk to me a little bit about how your values cross into access. Cause I think it's important when you think about a brand and what, it, where it comes from is about its values. Thank you, Todd. That, that's important to me. That's really one of the most important things that keeps me going during difficult times. Produce is a difficult business. No, that can be a bitch, no doubt. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of pressure. So I just I lean on quality, service, and integrity. Those have been my mottos forever. And I feel like anybody that we bring into our fold needs to know that we have to build trust between the growers because we're handling millions of dollars for these guys, and we have to have a great trust involved in that and a trust with the customers that we're gonna do what we say we're gonna do. If we screw up, I'll admit it, we figure out how to fix it, you know, and, and move forward and figure out how not to do it again. So right. everyone that I bring in as an employee has to have those same kind of moral standards that if we have to cheat about something, then we can't be in the business. Or if I have to deal with cheaters, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be in that business. I, I want everything up and up. We want win-win relationships and we want to treat everybody that we deal with on a daily basis, whether it's our important grower or important customer, truck drivers, our shed personnel, the guys that are sweeping the floors and the coolers, the people that are on the packing lines, people that are getting up four o'clock every morning, arriving to the packing trailer at six in the morning and work until, you know, four or five, six, PM, you know, then they're, then they get up and do it all over again every day. So I feel it's super important to meld all of those, um, those high moral standards and, and treat everybody with respect. I love it. Yeah. That's, it's so important. And, you know, you said something too, that just, it, something I learned early on, especially after going through the whole Alar thing and all the bullshit that was happening after that, because there was an oversupply of organic produce real quick when the capitalists got involved. Mm -hmm. But integrity is the only thing a person truly owns, 
Right. And once you screw that up, it's, you know, it's really hard. It's just, how do you come back from that? It's always going to be a shadow that's going to follow you no matter what steps you take. Right. So I think it's so important that you drive integrity in the business. It's so great to hear how important that is to you in all steps, whether it's a mistake made, how do we fix it? Because that's going to happen. That's life. We're human. It's, you know, we ain't, we're, it's just the way it works. So I think it's just really, really powerful when you start thinking about that. I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by what you said. And I'm proud of you for throwing that out there like that and saying with such conviction, because I think it's really important that people understand when they're dealing with companies, who they are from their heart. You know, it's not about little snippets of information, you know, this, 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 it's you really live and believe it. And I think that's a really powerful statement, which I, you know, which is why you've had the successes you had and, and why, you know, the family farms matter uh, to your heart, but why they're, why family farms, why you matter to family farms is I think that's incredibly important. Yeah. All right, Ryan San Jose, chief ninja officer. Oh man, here we go, brother. Now you're here, yeah. you're at access. You've got a holster on. Now you got bullets in the holster. You got things going on. Knowing you like I do, I imagine you have some grandiose plans, some cockamamie shit that Bonnie's going, what? If I was guessing, just the cockamamie part I threw in there just because I'm at living. So tell me a little bit about what's new. Tell me what's new and exciting. What's the sales yeah. ninja going to be bringing to the table? What do you got going on? Talk about Benzer. Tommy's a legend. He's just oh, yeah. epic. Get into oh, yeah. it. Here you go. Go, brother. Yeah. Go. You, you know, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> You know, early in my career, people would say, um, that can't be done. And I'd say, bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. We can get that done. And um, one time, you know, I'm telling you, over and over again, you know, uh, uh, overcoming uh, overcoming those those walls uh, has been a, a, a big part of my career. Um, you know, uh creating new things, creating uh, uh, synergy around these new things, create just creating a really good environment um, mm -hmm. that produces quality. Um, it, 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 it breeds really good people and, 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 and good, uh, just a good, um, a good, just good synergy. I mean, you talked about, you know, Thomas Benson and, you know, that guy is a wildcat, man. And uh, his, his old man who just passed a couple of years ago, um, I tell you, I make my trek up north. And one of the one of the things that I I I, I, I couldn't go without was good 15 minutes with uh, Tom uh, Benzler Sr. The guy was just amazing. And yeah. I keep talking about people, man. I, I, you know, people make it make everything you know that ranch okay the benzler family farm they house their own people the people that work that ranch the people that do everything tom and thomas benzler built these people people homes okay they live on the ranch they work the ranch they, that's why everything that comes out of there has just been absolutely amazing the quality the the the, the, the varieties and we're, we're grilling things right now but you're talking about a family that is entrenched in the community. Um, you know, uh, uh, Tom Sr. and his mother, uh, Bertha, uh, who started this thing in 1952, um, you know, they were so entrenched in the in their church. And I mean, gosh, they helped pour the dang asphalt in the church two years ago out there with a hot right. pot, you know, uh, just just all these things. The, what that family and what they're trying to do in the community of Fresno is it's epic. And I fell in love with that, uh, that the, the family um, awareness and, and, and that community that they have. So every time I go up there and every time we are doing different things, we're, we're trying to figure out how, how does little Tommy, you know, the third, how does he's 13. So what's this going to look for, like for him in 10 years when he's 18, like little Tom or Tom Jr. Uh, uh, took, uh, you know, uh, got into this thing. You know, all these different things, we're looking at generations here. And it's and it's really fun to see and it's really fun to do. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're, we've come out with some new stuff. We, we've come out with some new packaging. We're, uh, we started with some packaging last year that was uh, earth-friendly uh, cardboard tote for, for grapes. But uh, we're going to vertically um, position ourselves in the marketplace in citrus. Um, all grapes are coming out this year. Um, 300 acres of, uh, of uh, citrus will be going in. A few different varieties that uh, certain customers asked 
uh, for us to put in. So uh, we, we have a 10 to 15 year uh, 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 goal uh, that we're going to reach and where we want to be at um, at that time frame is going to be pretty cool. I mean, in reality, in five years, we're going to be producing a lot of really cool fruit, you know, outside of what we already do now. Your your navels, your lemons, your grapefruit, your mandarins. We've got a new mandarin bag coming out this year. Something that's different, you know. Everybody wants to be in that blue and red bag. Everybody is like like on the shirt tails of one brand name, and they all want to be that guy. Well, you know what? We don't want to be that guy, okay? You look at Mr. T, our choice label. Mr. T never wanted to be Thomas. He never wanted to be the... the fancy guy. So he's like, put me on, on, on the choice stuff. Little, little scarred, little ugly, little mis- disfigured. I love it. I love guy. it. So, you know, we put tea on there and, and uh, uh, we put the family crest on, uh, on the fancy stuff and we're, we're putting it, we're putting together a really nice pack of quality stuff that I've been selling for years. Um, and, you know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Todd, okay, but what we want to do is keep a a um, family name that's been in households, uh, you know, for years. You know, Benzer Family right. Farms has been around since 1952. So here goes the story. Um, Bertha Benzler, she wanted to be a natural farmer. She wanted to farm naturally, and her husband was the gas station attendant. He owned a couple gas stations. Well, she went out in 1952 and told him, hey, look, you're going to buy, we're going to buy these, uh, this 80 acres, the first uh, the homestead, right? And you're going to sell those gas stations and you're going to come and we're going to go farm. And he was like, I just want to pump gas. <laughs> so, so anyway, he goes in and, and they do that. And uh, they grow that year after year, they grew the, uh, they grew yeah. the farm and, and that's, and then, all of a sudden, you know, uh, Tom Benzer, after he got out of the uh, U.S. Uh, Marine Corps, he came back to the farm and started working and, and doing his thing. And everything started to progress. You know, the Benzer family farm, when the registrations came out, they were 003. They held oh, right, for, third, for the organic registration? For the organic really? registration. 003. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. cool. What so, number one was? Uh, it starts with a P. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I have a guess. I'll guess mm-hmm. that. All right. I'll let people so, guess at home. Guess at home. Yeah. Submit your submit your answers. Ryan's going to give you $25 Amazon gift card. I love it. But, you know, Benzer's, like you point, it's an iconic brand. Tommy's just, he's a character and a half. If you get the opportunity to spend some time and talk about farming with him, it's, you know, it's like an Encyclopedia Britannica right there. It's pretty cool. But that's exciting that you're reinvigorating. I and mean, obviously we got the new access logo behind me up on the screen. That's exciting to roll out. I'm honored to get that out of the ethos for you guys. And I think it's exciting what you're going to do. The energy, let's face it, Bonnie, Ryan doesn't sit still very well. So shit's going to keep coming. It's going to be nonstop. But I'll tell you something I really enjoyed with you when you were talking, Ryan, is talking about this 10 to 15 year plan, this, this longevity plan about where we're going to take our family farms. And I think that's really something important. And it has, Somebody on the other end of this thinking about their retail business or their wholesale business or whatever food or whatever sector you're in, those are the kind of conversations you want to have with your people that you're working with. You want to know what the future is going to like. You want to know where you're, to your point earlier, food security, Bonnie, right? I mean, food security is such an amazing topic that nobody talks enough about. And, you know, those things are really, really powerful. I love it. That's well said. It's going to be exciting to watch you guys. It's going to be like, it's going to be kind of like 4th of July most days, I imagine. So I'm guessing. Well, that's a little, that's the thing, a little bit. No, that's the thing. I mean, let's be exciting. Let's let's do dynamic things. Let's. Oh, yeah, but that's the same thing is when we do dynamic things. But it's like having making sure the stuff that we're we're attached to. If it's if it's broccoli, if it's celery, if it's all the leafy greens that uh, we're doing in El Centro, or if it's the you know round small orange things uh, that we're putting in bags or sending out uh, bulk quality and 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 dynamic people helping other people grow. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. I, I mean, it's, I get excited about this stuff. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm still in this thing, uh, uh, crazy business called produce. And uh, I thought it's because the hat, I thought well, you just stayed like produce because you got the hat. No, like no, man. I, I've been, I've been wearing a cowboy hat since I was six. 
uh, you know, and, and, and I got the pictures to prove it, man. Come on. Where do you put your cowboy hat at night? All right. Never mind. We'll move on. We'll I'm moving back. on to my next question. I'm moving <laughs> on to my next question. Well, I, I do. I, I, I want to come back around to this because you guys do something and you've been doing something for a while that I think is really, really cool. And you talk about your values, you talk about what's important to you. You've been doing a lot of work with the Navajo agriculture products industry. And which is really, really cool. You've got the Navajo Pride brand. You got this going on. I, if you wouldn't mind, just give everybody, I got to give and give you a two part question because I think it's going to probably roll into that or roll into with your answer. A, tell me about Navajo Pride produce and why it's so important to access. But I'd also like for you to touch a little bit about how you've impacted the Navajo community with your efforts because I just think this is super cool. Okay, I think that's a great question because this is a great source of pride for us to be handling uh, products from Navajo. Actually, Ryan happened to be up here visiting us the first year that we uh, took the call about them looking for someone to help market their new fresh produce program. Um, they have huge operation that would just blow your mind to, to see the amount of acreage and water sources that they have there. It's in uh, Farmington, New Mexico, and you can look it up at Navajo Pride or Navajo Pride Organic to do some research. They grow thousands of acres of grain crops, beans, wheat, um, all these dry goods, but they brought in an organic produce program about five years ago with uh, watermelons and hard squash. First year didn't um, go, go as well as they wanted to with their marketing. So they asked their box company, hey, do you know anybody that can market organic produce for us? And uh, he reached out to me, gave them our contacts. So I started selling four years ago their organic watermelon and mini watermelon program with the mm -hmm. squash. And it's it's quite a corporate venture. It's, um, it's different than any of the other deals that we've worked with in the past because it's, it's more of a corporate structure. And right. then you have um, tribal council that you deal with and then the, the depth that it goes through for all of the operations. So right. the, the little organic melon program is, can be a thorn in the side for some in the organization, but also a great sense of pride for others in the organization and the production yeah. side. And talk about attention to detail, um, making the changes that I suggested in the pack, um, working with them with packaging and PLUs and crop plans, you know, add more here, take less here but still tell me what your costs are to do this so that we can push hard for that price. First year it was difficult because we had to bring everything into Los Angeles for consolidation and shipping out in uh, pallet quantities. And the goal was to try to ship everything directly from the operation in Farmington as possible. But that added its own challenges because you had to move truckload volume from a place that distant from market areas. Um, we were really fortunate that Whole Foods took this deal very seriously for a number of reasons. And mm -hmm. we've got some other customers that we've been able to build the program with over time. And we've been loading everything directly from Farmington for the last uh -huh. three years and making it successful, saving them you know, four to six to eight dollars a box that would have come yeah. off the sale price had we had to go into you know California as a consolidation point. So I love it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's some of the best watermelon anybody's ever tasted. But their challenges are they're high elevation desert farming, um, north of Albuquerque, right on the Colorado border, about an hour south of Durango. Okay. So anything can happen there with hail winds, crop failure, but yeah, the attention to detail and their commitment to put out a superior quality product is among the best that I've ever seen. 
Yeah. And they're doing a lot of work. I mean, they're feeding a lot of people with what they're doing. I mean, obviously it's a big part of them taking care of their own community and to drive, you know, revenue back towards their, uh, you know, towards their, um, uh, to their tribe and what they're doing to their community. I mean, it's really powerful. It's really powerful to see. I mean, it's just, it's, it's gotta be one. It's, I would imagine in the course of, you know, evolution and time, it's gotta be one of the cooler things you've been a part of. If I was guessing. It is Todd, because when I was in Santa Cruz in the eighties, I was a part of food drives that we were taking the fresh food from Santa Cruz County and donations and taking it to the four corners area of this very same area that I'm involved in now and, yeah. and donating the food. And when I saw the lack of food, number one, healthy food and fresh food was really shocking to me. So yeah. I think that was another reason why I, I really stayed in the food industry was because I know that you know, there's, there's so much waste and so many people who need the food that it's just mind boggling, but to, to come back full circle and be working with an operation that's, you know, 70,000 acres of production and, um, you know, really doing a lot for their communities and surrounding areas, especially during COVID when everything got shut down there, the national guard um, showed up to distribute um, the dry goods that Nappy produces. So they have wow. weekly weekly shipments from Nappy NAPI's Navajo Agricultural yeah, Products yeah. Industry. So that's short for that. So they were a huge part of survival for the communities there because COVID raged through there and killed a lot of elders, a lot of people. And their communal uh, community lifestyle is such that, you know, multiple generations of families live in the same household. Right. From from babies to aunties to uncles to parents to grandparents. So that was really devastating COVID. I think um, a lot of people don't realize how how bad it was on the reservations. Interesting. No, I did not. I mean, obviously it's, it's, that thing was a monster all in itself and continues yeah. to be one. It's incredibly unfortunate how we handled it in a lot of ways as well, but that's another subject for another time. Not going to yeah. be platformed this time. Yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> uh, Nappy was in a position to have good amount of food ready to distribute out for sure. The nation, you know, hundreds of miles in every direction, which they just um, didn't have sell on the market that they provided it to their people. So. That's yeah. That's what well. That's what it's about, right? We're all a global community. We got to look out for each other. We got to uplift each other. We got to do more of that. Believe me, I want to stay on that a little bit. You know, kind of down this trail of of, of what you've done with them. I'll throw this question out to both of you. And I'll, Bonnie, I'll throw it to you first. But you know, one of the things you talk about is farming is not only a way of life, but it's linked to countless industries along the way. And I love what you say when you say we're all connected in farming some way. Can you share with me, you know, what that means to you? Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is Jesse from Superior Fresh. Check us out at www.superiorfresh.com to learn more about how we raise our Atlantic salmon without the use of hormones, antibiotics, or pesticides. Our Heart Check certified salmon boasts two times the omega-3s of other salmon and are fed an organic and non-GMO diet. Our fish thrive in water naturally filtered by our USDA certified organic greens, which allows us to recycle 99.9% of our water. This is salmon as it should be. Order Superior Fresh Salmon direct to your home by shopping with us online. And listeners of this episode can use the discount code TLC15 to receive 15% off your order. We make it easy to get the best salmon in your homes and on your plates. We've got you covered. Superior salmon equals superior taste. Shop now and use code TLC15 for 15% off through the end of the month. Well, that's that's a long one. I, I keep thinking, all right, I could write all this down. But, I mean, if we think about seed production, we think about box companies that have to provide packaging materials. Um, we think about the harvesters, the 
the fuel vendors, the tractor suppliers, the amendments to the soil, the people that are packing, the, the packing equipment, the trailers, the, the organic certification, the food safety organizations, the sales agents, the, the right. cooling facilities, the ice companies, the transportation companies that take it from the field to the packing shed, the transportation companies that take it, take it from the packing shed to the warehouses, the warehouse workers, the, the trucks that take it from the warehouse to the retailers, the, the people that work on the retail end. I mean, the list goes on as to who actually gets touched by food production. Yeah. Not yeah, you think you think about one business. one box. Yeah, one box can touch a lot of hands. Yeah, yeah. You know, by the time you think about from start to finish through the whole process, yeah, it's amazing. Brian, back to you, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, we're all connected some way. What's that mean to you? Yeah, you know, I I always oh, gosh, man, there's so many things. I'm I'm ready to jump on so many aspects of what a, that thinks of me. But don't don't you know, they, jump on anything. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, um, you know, I always go back to consumption. Okay. Um, it's, it's one of those things I always tell people, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure what we sell you is the same thing I'm going to bring home myself. Um, we want to make sure that the food tastes exactly the way you want it to taste. And in order to do that, there's so many of these things that you're talking about what Bonnie just mentioned is, is the pre-harvest uh, handling, the post-harvest handling, all those things take labor. And on the organic right. side, on the organic side, it takes a lot more labor, okay? Because uh, fertilizer, for instance, okay, well, yeah, we have this thing going on between Russia and, and Ukraine, and we're talking about urea, and we're talking about these things that are, you know, fertilizer-based items that a lot of people use out of those countries to to uh, uh, grow product. I mean, we don't because we're certified organic, but it's still, that's a piece of it. So when uh -huh. we look at this, we look at, okay, what does it take to get organic products to the shelf? Well, for us, when we're, when we're, we can't just use a, a liquid, a, a, a liquid fertilizer, like the conventional guys can, especially right. in the the uh, uh with lemon lemon groves and, and, and some of these things are different but lemon <laughs> groves we we're, we have to use um uh, uh chicken pellets for the nitrogen levels you know we need a high nitro, nitro level to to uh, produce better products the only way you're going to do that is either by hand or if you have the money to uh, uh buy a spreader to go and put you know 50 pounds per uh or, or bag per tree all the way through and if you got you know 500 acres it's a lot of time and effort. That's people. That's people. All right. That's that's that equals labor equals cost. So you look at all these things just to get the fruit to stick on the tree, and a year later that you you can go out and sell it. Hmm. There's so many steps to make that happen. So when I talk about consumption, in order to get that piece of fruit that to eat the way you're going to remember it and want to bring mm -hmm. yourself back to the store and buy it again, you mm -hmm. have to go through all these steps that Bonnie was mentioning that I'm kind of mentioning, you know, and that, that goes right into water that goes right. I mean, there's so many aspects to produce a good eating product. It, it's, it's staggering. I mean, it's staggering. We can sit here for an hour and just talk about, you know, the cost, we can talk about the equipment and talk about the people and all those type of things. It's, it's, when we first got into this, Todd, it was mind boggling on what, what the process of producing good products, you know, all the different processes. I mean, forget, for God's sakes, apples. I mean, apples could be a year old by the time you eat them because of controlled atmosphere rooms. I sure. mean, all these different things, you know, I remember telling my wife I, when we first met, I was telling her about these, these uh, Apple rooms and what they do. And, and uh, for their average person, they just go, they're looking at you like, can you do that? 
And why would you do that? These right. are things that we figured out in produce, uh, to, again, to go along with all the list of things that Bonnie uh, put out there. There's so much stuff. There's so many things. It takes people. It takes money. It takes time. And it's before and after the product is, uh, is produced. But again, right. again, back to consumption. Consumption is huge because in order to do all that stuff, all the things that we're talking about, on the farming aspect in order to do that stuff and get good, a uh, good product to consume, it takes money. And if we keep shortchanging the, uh, the farmer, the big farmers, the small farmers, whoever it may be, if we keep shortchanging those guys, it's going to be hard to feed people and feed people good uh, product that that's or uh, good product that we all want to uh, enjoy, uh, you know, and bring home and spend good money on. So yeah. there's so many things that go on there. It's, it's crazy. Well, you make a good point. I mean, look, consumption is about everything, right? Trying to increase consumption helps everybody. You know, it's not so much about who's ever apple it is about let's get people to eat more apples. That's that's what wins the day. You know, you want to reduce food waste. Let's work to drive consumption, especially when you have a category like fruits and vegetables. Because there's really no downside to increasing consumption of fruit and vegetables in the American diet. I'm not quite sure if anybody's got a study that says otherwise. I would love to read it. I don't think it exists. Right. I mean, maybe if you maybe if you ate, you know, 100 kiwis a day, that might hurt you. But at the end of the day, bottom line, fruits and vegetable consumption is going to make a big difference in our planet and our climate and a lot of things, you know, especially our health, especially when you take a look at the past two years and, and, you know, really identifying some of the health issues that this country really has and how they became toward the forefront, you know, and stuff. Right. I got to go back because you talked a little about about water. And I know from your perspective, because you're out dealing with these growers in California, you're you know, you're seeing it firsthand in in multiple districts. Water crisscrosses around. And for those that don't know, water in the state of California is literally like the wild, wild west. It is just it is it is so complicated. It's 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 almost it's so complicated. I even I can't even come up with anything smart ass to say. It's just completely complicated. So talk to me a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, just. The water situation here in California, just from your perspective, how real is it? Um, and is there anything that people maybe do or don't understand that you can kind of throw at it, you know, just to yeah. kind of frame it up? So, yeah, I talked, I'm a little bit different of a, 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 a the type of a national sales manager. I get my, my boots dirty. Um, I, I get out and I talk to uh, growers. Um, I have a lot of grower friends in a lot of different areas of California, Central Valley, the Ventura, Central Valley. And uh, for two years now, I mean, I'm going to say for two years, uh, the hot topic has been water. Um, the lack of rain in California, um, our water table, uh, you know, a lot of the farmers up in the Central Valley, they always talk about, well, if we don't get rain, down here, that's okay. As long as the icebox, you know, up, here, up right. in the Sierras, yeah, as long as the Sierras get rain, we're going to be okay because we get allotted, you know, allotted amounts uh, throughout the year. But with the structure, the amount of rain we've had over the last three years, it's really depleted uh, the, um, the water table. And by depleting the water table, you get guys that they drill a well 150 feet, right? Well, some of these wells are 150 feet deep and they're sucking up rocks. There's no water anymore. Right. A lot of times these guys are getting water around 50 to 75 feet. Not really worrying about that 150 foot well. With the lack of rain and okay amount of water up in the uh, Sierras, right? guys are, 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 there's a lot of guys hurting. Um, there's a lot of guys that have turned the water off. They they can't pay the municipalities. You're welcome. I'm here for you. I'm here. Bless me. Bless me. Um, uh, yeah, they can't pay it. It's just too much money. You know, as, right. uh, there's guys that, you know, have a 10 acre plot, you know, they're getting a load of acre um, there. And how does that, how does that affect, you know, you're getting a load of acres uh, on, on uh, naval oranges, right? Well, with the lack of water, you're doing uh, two things. One, your bloom in uh, April and May, uh, March, April, May, your bloom doesn't stick, okay? With the heat we've had over the summer, you're going to get, you know, the bloom that turns into the the actual bud itself, that that just falls off because the the tree is is dehydrated. It's just stressed out. 
and the tree is going to save itself before it, it, sa it saves that little uh, that little uh, fruit on the tree. So what's happening is guys are turning off water or just putting just enough on to keep the tree alive. And, you know, yields are suffering. You know, guys that do have uh, ample amounts of water uh, or, or ample amounts of dollars to buy the water, uh, you know, they, yeah. they've been able to sustain, sustain. Um, luckily for, you know, the Benzer farm, um, and I'm going to say lucky, because when Bertha went out and bought this piece of property, she didn't know how much water she had. <laughs> you know, three generations later, they're still pumping water. Still and pumping water. Yeah, we're still pumping water, but you know that that area uh, they are they're in they has a great water table and it holds yeah. well and so on and forth and so forth. So, yeah. how it affects the industry, um, you, you don't really don't see the effects for a good six months because you know what's happening in in March, April, May when that bloom uh, uh, hits for I'm saying for citrus in general. Um, and then you got to go through that hot summer because it's hot as uh, hot as hell up where you're at. I mean, yep. Bakersfield. I mean, I don't know who would want to live there, but it gets me hot. neither. It gets me. Hot and, yeah, <laughs> um, and you have to, you know, the the crops have to uh, weather that storm of heat. Sure. And sure. Uh, by the time that by the time the, the the crop sets in July and they get through the summer. You don't know what you're going to have, especially if you right. in lack water. So water plays a huge part in in on the citrus side, but on the on the even down in the uh, El Centro. I mean, it's all, know this just, all all yeah. ags affected by it. Yeah, it's a real yeah, it's, it's a really really it, big problem. It's a big problem, and it's the reason I asked the question because you've got this perspective because you're dealing, you know, your boots are dirty in the field, going, hey, this is really real, and you're hearing it back from your farmers. Like I'm, you know. You've got what a half of what was it uh, five hundred thousand acres been taken out of California because there's no water. Yeah. That's just now. We're just starting that. You know, where's that going to go? Yeah, yeah I know it's going five, to the uh, cities. It's going to the go. cities, right? Yeah. So you know, whatever politics are involved in that, sorry to jump in, but no. that's, that's what's happening in the Imperial Valley, right? There, they've been the cities have been trying to take this farmers' water for years and they're just trying to figure out what the shell game is next year that all right we're going to have to cut the cut the flow of the Colorado River before it gets down to Arizona and into the Imperial Valley of California so okay. if it's the use it or lose it situation I'm not the expert but the warning signs are there because the cities are still getting their water and you're talking 500,000 acres of product that's coming out of production because they don't have the water. Yeah, that's, that's a real problem. But it's, you know, but, but it's an infrastructure problem too, right? I mean, there, we, we've not done a really good job of, of helping ourselves catch water. Because if you look at the math and you take, you know, you can have the climate equation and you can add that and have that part of the conversation. But, you know, there's billions of dollars sitting there right now that are bonded money that the taxpayers approve. You know, yeah. we got to go buy a shovel at Home Depot, kids. It's time, right? We got to get started with some of this because... We do get a lot of rainfall. We get a lot of we get a lot of snowpack, but we don't capture it, right? It's it's so much of it has gone back to the ocean, which is part of the equation too. But we've got to be smarter about that because going back to what you said earlier, Bonnie, you know, food insecurity is a topic that I don't think a lot of people put any energy in. But a country that's food insecure is not a safe place to be, right? There's a lot that can happen with that. I want to Bonnie kind of come back to something that I think that you brought up. You know, being your 25th year in business and and you know. You're employing people. I mean, you know, you are the the you're the the epitome of what the American economy is about, right? Small business is how this how this country functions, right? And and you're not a small business any longer. You're you're, you're you've grown past that point. No two ways about it. But nonetheless, as a business owner, you know, I want to talk a little bit about this current economy because it's got to be something that that you know you sit around and think about it's got to be something that you look at it's got to be something your growers are thinking about right what it is because we know the data supporting that while sales are up costs are you know the, the price for product is down goes back to what you know Ryan we, we talked about earlier on in the broadcast we're paying the same thing today as you were 20 years ago so talk to me a little bit as an independent business owner how you're viewing the economy and you know maybe your thought process around it again I think food is one of the key items that we have to focus on. Um, I'm a behind the scenes kind of gal. I, 
I, you know, we work our numbers. We try to take care of our employees. We just hired um, four, four new people in the last, say, three months, you know, and brought Ryan on board. Um, I think. That's baggage. That's you, baggage. Is that like, it's like a baggage. That's like a sympathy hire. That <laughs> He's my extrovert kind of, to my yeah, introvert. That's, that's that checks some kind of box you needed to check. <laughs> he needs he needs a he needs a village to support his uh, abilities. Yes. Yeah. So or the village, or village people, village people maybe goes with a hat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Ryan? Wait, let me straighten this out. Okay, we got it. Um, you know, I, I think the organic produce movement, as you've seen in all these years, continues to grow organic food in general. I feel like we were in a good position in this economy to a certain degree, but mm -hmm. when people are paying, you know, $100 a box for iceberg lettuce or $80 a box for romaine and what have you, that's gonna translate back to people not buying it on the shelf. Right. So, so my main concern is if, the prices are astronomical. They're, they're so far out of control now because of the lack of supply that that's going to impact the consumer to not be putting their money into fresh food dollars. So economically, that, that's a concern. Yeah. We are in a good position because we have good quality growers. We do a good job representing them, putting it out there, even though we're seasonal production mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, that's good and bad because we don't get a piece of that hundred dollar market. You know, by the time we get started with the veg deal in December, you know, where's it going to be? Are we going to get punished because the market's been so high for this last couple months? Mm -hmm. Are we usually what happens? It's usually what happens. It's uh, what goes up must come down and vice versa. But right. having production, say with Maine as farms for a six month window we have to make the most of it that we can in this economy. That means providing great quality, providing great service, consistency, information flow in advance so people can plan accordingly, you know, really nurture our win-win relationships for, with people that understand it does cost more to do what we're doing. So yeah. we've been able to do that, fortunately. I'm, I'm thankful. I like it. Yeah, well, it, look, it's a big lift right now. You know, it really is. And the economy is going to have effect. People are trading down. Retailers are forcing trade down. Retailers are making decisions for consumers about trading down and what that means. And, and while I understand it, and I'm not at all um, naive or, or, uh, about people's economic situation in this country across all spectrums of individuals, um, it's a real challenge. And when it comes to food, food, it's one of the things that really concerns me is when we start to make food cheap, right? Because that, again, I go back to what I said earlier, it has a hidden cost. And, you know, it, it, we need to be elevating the conversation around food. So when I think about this economy and the much light that you just presented, these conversations around the win-win and what's it about and how do we increase consumption? Back to your point, Ryan, because these are the things that we need to be doing because increasing fruit and vegetable consumption is going to help us economically in another way. If it cuts down healthcare costs, that seems like a real win. Yeah. Right. It comes to you know, some of these things. So I think it's super important. So I appreciate your perspective on that. So let's wrap up a little bit. Let's kind of wind down and, and uh, think. I want to know what's next. Who's taking this question? I, well, I'm Ryan. She's going to go off the rails by asking what's next. I go to Bonnie first. I got to take a breath. So what's new? What's next for Access coming up in 2023 besides the logos, packaging? Like what? What's exciting? What's a tidbit? You going to drop something good? Hmm, I might have to send that on to Ryan. Um, you know, I, I'm about maintaining good level of service, um, supporting this brand new program of citrus, who knows what it can lead to? You know, I'm not a tree fruit expert. I know veg, I know melons, you know, we're going to have more partnerships with more growers, you know, to solidify our brand, to, to focus more on um, bringing in other growers, possibly under our brand, you know, um, maybe trying to integrate that so that it's more uniform on a year round basis so that it's more recognizable. Um, just continue to grow 
or whatever we can. We just want to answer the call of our customers for what they want us to Hello. do. Grow with those values, girl. It got yeah. you here. Don't stop doing that. Right? Don't stop yeah. doing that. All right, Ryan, what do you got? What are you throwing me? Something good? Some tidbit? Well, I'm not throwing anything out there. I want to be kind of like, uh, you know, You're Army stealth? Rangers. Yeah, Army stealth? Rangers or, or the, the SEAL teams that jump from the sky, come in real quick, quiet, and then, bam, we got you something new. And uh, I love it. I don't want, I don't want to let any. That's actually, uh, uh, that's actually a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's I a great wanna, answer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we do have some things um, uh, brewing, um, and uh, you know, uh, sooner than uh, than you think, uh, we'll be launching some stuff. And uh, right now, you know, uh, in all intents and purposes, we're we're trying to get the family farm uh, uh, organic citrus uh, uh, program uh, up and going. Uh, most people that bought have bought from me um, in years past. This is the same exact uh, delicious fruit uh, they've had. Uh, uh, from the same exact place, the same exact family. And uh, for me, I just want them all to know the quality is there, the flavor is there, the, uh, the customer service is there. Um, we just need, uh, we need people to jump on board and uh, get on this uh, train and let's, uh, let, let's, let's go, baby. Let's go. I love it. That's good. That's a good way to end. That's a good positive note. Let's go. I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of both of you. You've done some big things. It's fun. It's been fun to hang out. I appreciate both of you. I appreciate, you know, the value you bring to my day and my life, what you've meant to me, um, which I know that there's a lot of people out there with that same sentiment. Brian, probably not as many as Bonnie, but you know, whatever, just, you'll get there someday. But nonetheless, I mean, I think it's just super important that these conversations happen. I think it's just super important to be able to highlight your values, Bonnie, and what you're about and why it matters and what matters to you, Ryan, what you think about and what goes into your heart when you think about what your growers are about, what you're bringing back from those growers, because you really truly are their voice. You know, growers have, growers are amazing people. They have big opinions. They have big ideas. They take a risk every single day, but a lot of times they don't have a voice. And so it's encouraging for me to hear your voice out there and how much it, uh, how much these folks mean to you and how much you've been touched by them. Uh, it resonates in your words. And I think that's a powerful thing. And I think that's a really good thing for a brand to have that emotional connection all the way through the process. You can make a brand real pretty with lots of colors and bells and whistles, spending a fortune to get in front of people. But boy, if it doesn't have tentacles, it's just just a fancy logo, man, in a lot of ways. And I think it's important what you guys are doing. So I commend both of you. And I appreciate you hanging out with me, by the way. Yeah, appreciate it. That's amazing. Thanks for that synopsis. That pulls it all together. We appreciate You're welcome. You. You're welcome. Merry Christmas, by the way. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. And you know what, Todd? You owe me a cocktail. I'm Okay. I'll, all right. That was really tough for me to say okay to. Is there anything else I owe you? You want to get on the table now? Yeah, uh, no. I owe you a cocktail. You come by. I, I, I owe you one. I, and I, and I owe you one. I blew you off last week. But yes, you did. That's guy had no choice. But I have I'm going to buy. Yes, I owe you a cocktail. I owe you a cocktail. Oh. I'll be there, but you I'll should lie. think about that, Bonnie. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to say no to that. But you should just think about what you just said. Okay. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give you 24 hours to reflect and change your mind on that. decision. I will, but it's not a big deal. But anyways, I appreciate you guys being here. Keep it going. Come back and join me. Let me know what's going on. Let's give people an update. This platform's here at your disposal. Please use it. You know, again, really, really proud of you guys. And thanks for hanging with me. No, thank you. Yeah. Everybody go inspire somebody. I talk about it all the time. These guys are doing a big lift out there in the world. You heard some really good insight about what's going on. It's important that we brace these brands that are representing family farms. We need to push this ball down the field. We need to protect ourselves, make sure we're food secure, not food insecure. And family farms is a great way to start with that. Thanks for listening. Check us out on social media, TLC underscore conversations. Like I say, we're there. Why? Because I hang out with the Kardashians on social media. That's what I like to do. Anyways, I appreciate you all. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Love each other. Go inspire people. Be nice. Santa Claus will come see you. Drop something good down the chimney, not a lump of coal. Some of you may get some coal. Some of you deserve coal. But nonetheless, I appreciate you all for listening and being here. Take care. We'll see you soon.